Hey, this is the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. Uh, we have a bit of wind damage. Uh, Shayla's been suffering in uh, Texas, which has made it very difficult to complete this audio, but oh, I am so thankful she did. Right now, Miss Jen is tanning and reddening behinds all over Baltimore, and uh, hopefully... We should be getting some new audios in from our other narrators soon, but I really, really appreciate Shayla stepping up the way she has lately because we've needed her. So this is the second part of that Welcome to College reunion uh, series, which I talked about all about last week. Um, unfortunately, if you're on the, the free uh, podcast, it is only a clip, but I think it's a good clip. Uh, this is... The road trip to end all road trips, and uh, I wonder how many filmmakers have made a um, a film where they've gone back and they've visited like all their old lovers, and it, it, this kind of reminds me of this a little bit as I'm going back and visiting my old doms. So without further ado, here is Shayla Aspasia reading Welcome to College Reunion number two. Welcome to College Reunion. Part 2. Claire's Turn. Written by Kylie Gable. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. The knot in my stomach grew, alarmingly, as I felt my heartbeat racing. It was a combination of fear and anxiety, causing a bout of severe nausea to race through my body. I sat pinned to the bed, staring fixedly at the door, probably looking much like a father who had just been told he should expect twins. In my peripheral view, I could make out my roommate gawking at me out of the corner of his eye. Trying to be subtle about it, I couldn't really blame him. We had only just met, and here I was, his new roommate, sitting on my bed, trying to ignore the fact that I was dressed in a very short, form-fitting purple dress, exposing my pantyhose and cased legs with the high heels I was wearing. After spending the past two hours in them, the black pumps with the three-inch heels on my feet were really beginning to become quite uncomfortable, but I didn't know if I was allowed to remove them. I couldn't take my mind off my awkward situation. I even tried looking through my textbooks, but classes hadn't actually started yet, and I couldn't manage to concentrate on anything anyway. Finally, almost mercifully, there was a loud knock on the door. But my practically palpable relief was only momentary, as I realized I had absolutely no idea of the identity of the person knocking. It might not be Amanda at all, but somebody else that I'd have to explain my current bizarre situation to. Fortunately, Brett took pity on me and motioned for me to stay on the bed while he investigated. He opened the door a crack to look out, and immediately Amanda breezed in, like the elemental force of nature she was, virtually knocking Brett out of her way despite being outweighed by at least 50 pounds. She marched to the center of the room carrying a large pink plastic shopping bag. Ignoring me, she turned to him. 
Hi, Brett. I'm Amanda, and I'm a friend of your roommate's. Would you mind giving us a little bit of privacy? As I think he's a little embarrassed. She smiled winningly. Yeah, sure, I guess. I can't say I blame him, said Brett, returning her smile. Thanks, you're a peach, totally ignoring his commentary. Well, I exhaled as soon as Brett had left the room. I had so many questions that needed answering but couldn't come up with a single other word of any use in conveying my thoughts. Amanda pulled Brett's chair over in front of my bed, sat on it, placing the bag on her lap, and looked at me, wrinkling up her nose. If you're going to wear a dress, you need to either pull your legs up under and cross your ankles. I didn't exactly pick this outfit, you know, I sighed deeply. I'll bet you're simply dying to get out of that dress and get cleaned up. She sounded sympathetic, handing me my wallet and keys from the bag. You know I am. I won't take too much of your time, she said. But there are some things you should know. Like what? I asked. We've decided we're going to dress you like a girl, she continued. Well, I kind of figured, I said, motioning to my dress and down to my shoes. No, I mean that we've decided we'll be dressing you like a girl going forward, she said slowly, toning each word as if speaking to an infant. We'll start slow, so it won't be too traumatic for you, but we definitely intend to make steady progress. You've decided. What about me? I don't want to wear a dress, I replied. We know. She smiled reassuringly, but with supreme confidence. That's actually one of the things that makes it so much fun. And I get no say in this, I asked, beginning to sense a rising panic. No, I'm afraid not. She almost sounded apologetic. Until she continued, Like I said, we will take it slow with you. And we won't rush things, but we've made up our minds. Well, I'm not going to go along with this. I won't let you do that to me. Really? She looked surprised. What happens if I refuse? We have so many pictures of you. It'll obviously be rather embarrassing if you refuse. Extremely embarrassing, believe me, she replied firmly. You blackmailed me to get those pictures. I protested feebly. And yet, you were smiling and posing like a regular pinup girl. What do you think all the people who will see your pretty pictures are going to believe? Huh? I can't believe you're going to try to make me dress like a girl, I whined, practically pleading with her. Not just dress like a girl, Kylie. I'm not going to be happy until you're looking, talking, acting, and even thinking like a girl. I'm talking total feminization. The sooner you realize that the better off you'll be, she warned me. You'll never be able to get me to do all of that, I stated defiantly. Oh, good. I was afraid you'd be a pushover. Well, you just let us worry about that, she smiled sweetly. You have other things to worry about for now. Why? What happens now? 
Amanda didn't answer, but reached into her shopping bag and pulled out a Victoria's Secret bag containing a dozen pair of panties. All different. My mouth was agape in shock as she handed them to me. These are for you. I'll be taking your boxers. I wear briefs, I said. Not anymore, you don't. Mostly you'll be wearing bikinis and boy shorts, she grinned. I sat stunned and disbelieving, meekly watching as she confidently went over to the dresser by my bed and methodically began removing all of my underwear before stuffing it unceremoniously in her bag. Bras will come later, but for now you'll wear clean panties every day. Do you understand? She asked me in a serious tone that let me know she expected to be answered. Yes, I said dejectedly, unable to meet her eyes. Good, because we'll be checking, she smiled. When you take off that dress and your pretty underwear and shoes, make sure you take very good care of everything. Hang the dress in your closet and put the other things in your dresser. Oh, all lingerie should be hand wash. Amanda smiled at me and gave a low wolf whistle before she turned and walked out the door. I looked in the bag of sexy Victoria's Secret panties, and I saw a credit card receipt. Looking closer, I realized that it was my credit card that had purchased the lingerie. Angrily, I tossed the bag into my now-empty underwear drawer, sank down on my bed, and put my head in my hands. I made up my mind to transfer right then and there. Well, aren't you going to answer it? queried Beth. You know who it is, I snapped. She's your friend. She's your friend, too. And besides, isn't that the sissy maid's job? grinned Beth. Sissy maid? Just get the damn door, she growled, before adding with one of her trademark dazzling smiles. Pretty please, my darling. I didn't particularly like being ordered around my own home by my fiancé, like I was some sort of cross-dressing servant. But Beth clearly wasn't showing any indication that she was losing the buzz she was getting over our changes in our relationship. At any point in the near future, so reluctantly, I complied with her instructions and went to open the door. Immediately, I regretted it. Claire had changed her outfit and was now dressed in a tight purple skirt that pushed up her cleavage, a pair of tight black leather pants, and had far much heavier makeup than she had worn before. Her hair was now tied up in a tight bun on top of her head, and she carried two large, suspicious-looking bags with her. "'Took you long enough to answer the door,' she griped, marching straight past leaving me holding the open door. Sorry, I wasn't exactly thrilled about answering the door dressed like this, I admitted. What's wrong with how you're dressed? She exclaimed, stopping abruptly and turning to face me. Really? You're going to go there? I threw back at her. You're a sissy, she shrugged, as if it was so patently obvious. A mentally challenged five-year-old would have understood. Sissies wear dresses. I think it looks lovely. Whatever, I rolled my eyes as I closed the door. 
Okay, we're going to stop that right now, she said emphatically. Stop what? I asked, puzzled, genuinely curious to what she was referring. Your attitude is pathetic, snapped Claire. Also, disrespectful and lazy. He really does need to work on that, agreed Beth, emerging from the front room to stand beside Claire. A petulant sissy doesn't do anybody any good, she agreed. Well, I suppose this is as good a time as any, said Claire, reaching into one of her bags. A good time for what, I asked, slightly nervous. Discipline. To go over discipline, you're disciplined to be precise, she grinned broadly while pulling out two riding crops and handed one to Beth. Hey, what are those for? I cried out in alarm. There for this, she announced, swinging her crop and smacking me hard on each of my pantyhose-covered thighs. Ow! Cut it out! I cried, scampering to put the coffee table between us, only to be blindsided by another blow, this time from Beth, which landed right on the sit-spot of my right butt cheek. Cut it out, I yelped, spinning round to glare at her. Oh, it's not that bad, is it? asked Beth, stepping close and reaching under my dress to caress the back of my thighs. Yeah, those things really sting, I complained. Do you want me to show you? That's not going to happen, stated Claire, unequivocally. Submissives have their end of the crop, and dominants have theirs. I'm not really submissive, you know, I declared. Oh, honey, you are. You may not have realized it, but you really are. You always defer to me on absolutely everything, said Beth. That's just because I'm a gentleman, I snapped. One of the last few, I added proudly. Look more like a lady to me, sneered Claire. See, that's the thing, explained Beth patiently. It's not like we have arguments over stuff and then you back down. But if there's ever a question of what to eat, where to go, who to meet up with, what plans to make, even what movie to see. You really prefer to just let me decide. Yes, a gentleman who wants to make sure you're happy with the choices we make. I may have smiled rather smugly. Is that why you let those girls put you in dresses for four years? She asked, also smiling. Well, you know, there was nothing I could do about that. If I could have figured out a way to end it, obviously I would have, I shrugged. Wow, exclaimed Claire, shaking her head incredulously. What? I inquired. You lie so blatantly. She turned to Beth. Obviously, he must even lie to himself. Either that or he actually believes that BS. But how on earth does he think that he can lay that shit on us? I don't know, sighed Beth mockingly. Apparently, he does, though. I'm not shitting you, I said, exasperated. Hey, did you bring over a wig? Beth ignored me. Oh, yeah, I brought several, said Claire. So what did those nasty mean girls do with your hair in college, Kylie? It was left long, I answered, before I fully registered the mocking in the question. They wouldn't let me cut it. Eventually, they took me to a salon for a Rachel style. I had one of those, said Claire, back in the day. I have a long black wig, which I think might suit. We'll give that a try first. Oh, this is really exciting, chirped Beth, bouncing on her toes. These wigs all require a cap, so let's get that on you first, explained Claire, 
pulling the net piece over my head. It looked like I covered my hair with pantyhose. When she looked satisfied that it was on straight and covered all my hair, she carefully placed a long raven-colored wig on my head and began to tease it out with her fingers. Oh, that's very fetching, approved Beth. Yeah, with his coloring and dark hair, it works really well, admitted Claire, as she began to pull a comb through the wig hair, making sure it was lying on my head just right. I like it. Don't suppose you have anything in blonde, do you? asked Beth. You want the bimbo look? How about this one? She pulled out a mass of golden blonde curls, replacing the black wig with tumbling blonde locks. That's not bad, said Beth, standing back appraisingly. It's quite sexy looking, but it just doesn't look real, not natural. Yeah, I know what you mean, agreed Claire. I've also got a medium-length auburn one. Might as well try it on our fashion dolly as well. I sat quietly, complied as Claire removed the blonde wig and replaced it with a shorter, straighter, red-brown wig. I actually found myself thinking that I did look pretty good in it. It looks good, and we might even get some use out of it, but... started Beth. But the black one really makes it, doesn't it? Yeah, I noticed that too, interjected Claire. Let's go with that one. All of this was kind of old hat for me, although I certainly was a lot easier to tolerate having feminine wigs shoved on my head than it was having to pull up the actual styling of my hair into something overtly feminine. At least a wig would be taken off at the end of the day when playtime was over. However, it still made me feel a bit like a girl's doll, being dressed and undressed for their amusement. Finally, just as my patience was practically exhausted, I gave a deep sigh and loudly asked, Are you happy yet? You've got me fully feminized now, but your Barbie doll is getting bored. I'm ecstatic, thank you, replied Claire. What about Beth? I'm good, said Beth, angling her head to check the black wig was back on straight. But that's not the real reason I came over here, continued Claire. Huh? Then why? I came over because Beth asked if I would teach both of you about dominance and submission. Hey, I spent four years being feminized. I know plenty about being a sub, but you could give me some pointers on how to be more dominant if you liked, I grinned. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. You're either a top or a bottom, although admittedly, there are some who can switch. You, my dearest darling Kylie, are so obviously a bottom, it would be a crime against nature to try and make you into a top. She paused and looked me straight in the eye. I couldn't meet her gaze and had to drop mine, acknowledging her as my superior and the truth in all she just said. Now suppose those girls at your college gave you an order which you really, really didn't want to comply with. What did you do? How would you handle it? asked Claire. Well, I tried to put my foot down. Then tell them I wouldn't do it, but it never worked, I said. Why not? Because they just blackmailed me or forced me. How would they force you? Physically? Sometimes. Amanda and Sheila worked very tough. And Deanna was quite an athlete, but they'd usually use the blackmail to force a punishment of some sort on me. So basically they blackmailed you to do whatever they wanted. I suppose. 
sometimes using whatever blackmail material they had in order to get more. Maybe more damaging material. Is that right? Yeah, but if I fought them, they'd simply release what they had. So each time I had to go along with whatever they wanted. It just got worse and worse. That's how blackmail works. You use whatever you have to get more. And then even more until the victim is in so deep, it seems there's no way out for them. So I couldn't have stopped it, I exclaimed. Well, that's debatable. But look, we're getting off the subject. Beth is a beautiful, intelligent, gorgeous woman who wants to marry you. Why? God only knows, but she does. She grinned at me and winked at Beth. I want to marry her too, I whispered fervently. Look, she sighed. Do you think she wants to spend the whole of your married life together, threatening to call your mother or your boss to inform them that you're a sissy who likes wearing women's clothing? Well, no. And another thing, do you think she wants you to get fired when she's counting on your paycheck to help put food on the table and shoes on your children's feet? No, I guess not. But she's the one who's trying to dominate me. I knew it sounded pathetic, but I couldn't help myself. You don't even know what the word means, mocked Claire. I spent four years being dominated. I think I know quite a bit about it, I insisted. No, you spent four years being blackmailed. There's a difference, correct Beth. In fairness, that is a type of domination. It just isn't the type you can really have as the basis of your marriage, explained Claire. What do you think I'm doing here? That's really a good question, now that you mention it. Why are you here? I snipped. Hey, Beth struck me sharply with a crop. None of that now. Don't be rude. No, that's all right. I did ask, said Claire. He can answer honestly, although with a little more respect, please. She also struck me with a crop, leaving me ruefully rubbing where they'd struck. Got that? Beth came in close and kissed me, murmuring, honestly, with respect. Okay, enough, you two. Your relationship is finally balanced at a tipping point right now. Beth obviously wants you, and even wants to spend the rest of her life with you. As I do with her, she knows that. I tried to kiss Beth again, but she backed away. That's good, but she paused ominously. She asked me to help you find out what's wrong. If this is going to work, it has got to work for both of you. Even you admitted that something is missing. So giving your past, maybe a female-led relationship, would be the answer for you. Or maybe you'll decide that any form of DS relationship just isn't for you. But you need to make that decision, together and soon. So I'm going to ask you to cooperate in a little experiment. You can refuse, obviously, but Beth told me you have the summer off. Why not use the time to find out what you both really want? I looked at Beth dressed as she was in an exaggerated caricature of a dominatrix. She looked sexy and powerful. But there was also a look in her eyes as she waited on my reaction that showed something else. She was vulnerable. Worried that this was all wrong and she would drive me away. It was probably at that precise moment that I knew. She loved me so completely, so utterly, that she was willing to do all of this for me, for us. Faced with that level of devotion, of deep love, what choice did I have? unsure if this is what I really wanted, but knowing that I owed it to Beth to give it a try, I 
reluctantly agreed to comply with any and all of Claire's request. Okay, I sighed. Where do we start? Good answer, scowled Claire. But a little more enthusiasm is required. I agreed. What do you want from me? I sighed again. I want you on board, not just accepting it. I looked in her eye. I'm on board. Tell me what you want me to do. She grinned and grabbed one of the stools from the breakfast bar. Bend over the stool and try to touch the ground. I slowly lowered myself over the stool and Claire used zip ties to secure me in position. Bend tightly over one of my own kitchen stools. Through my legs, I could see Beth smiling at me encouragingly. Her fiancé was now dolled up and restrained in an extremely awkward and vulnerable position. Now you need to be punished, announced Claire. What? Why? I've done what you asked, I squealed, from my upside-down position. It's not a punishment, simply an excellent opportunity to show Beth just how she will be punishing you. Oh, that's all right then, I said sarcastically, testing my bonds, which held me very secure. I think you have some ideas already, giggled Beth, kneading my butt with her hands. This is the easy part, said Claire, as her riding crop cut through the air and smacked right onto my nicely presented ass. Count these out loud, sissy. One, I winced. No, not like that. I thought you were experienced at this. With each stroke, you need to count and thank me. Okay, try again, ordered Claire. With that instruction, another painful blow of her crop landed almost directly on top of the first one. Two, I winced, but managed a quiet thank you. No, when you screw up, it starts over. And who are you thanking? Let's try again, shall we? A third strike landed slightly below the other two. My ass was now on fire. One, I moaned loudly. Thank you, Mistress Claire. Perfect, said Claire. He's going to be really sore by the time you're done at this rate, laughed Beth tenderly, massaging my ass cheeks. He should be, replied Claire, smacking my ass yet again, narrowly missing Beth's hand. Punishment needs to be unpleasant to be both effective and remembered. Two, thank you, Mrs. Claire. I thought this wasn't a punishment. No comment, sissy. See, he's learning, said Claire. No, why don't you have a try? Okay, I'll give it a go. Beth seemed quite eager. She moved to where Claire had been standing and swatted my ass with her crop, but with much less force. It still hurt because my butt was already hamburger, and I quietly let out a sigh of relief before realizing I had forgotten to count quickly blurting out three. Thank you, Mr. Speth. Pathetic. I've been beaten at tennis by you before, pronounced Claire, so I know you can do better than that. A whole lot better. But I don't really want to hurt him, anguished Beth. It's only his ass, which is basically all fleshy padding, and even that you didn't make him pull his panties down or pull up his dress, so he's got protection. It'll sting some, and maybe he'll cry, but it won't actually hurt him, and it certainly won't scar him. Beth looked hard at Claire and simply nodded, and then she really let me have it. Tears that had welled up in my eyes were now dripping on the floor, 
and by blow number seven I was openly crying. When she reached ten, I was a blubbering mess. I think that's probably enough for now, suggested Claire. Beth stopped striking me and began to massage my ass. It actually did comfort me in a way. A mother's kiss can soothe a child with a scraped knee like nothing else. We should have a few words in private, said Claire. I'm sure he'll be fine there. I groaned, but kept it quiet enough that neither of them appeared to hear me as they moved to the other room. I pulled again on the zip ties, but they wouldn't give way. Claire was definitely experienced in restraining someone. I quickly came to the realization that I wasn't going to get out until they let me out. Hearing them laughing together in the next room unnerved me. What now? I asked as they returned. Well, said Beth, aren't you an eager sissy? But you've really messed up your makeup with all that silly crying. So the next thing we're going to do is fix that. Then we're all going out for dinner, announced Claire. Not like this, I'm not. I can't go out like this, I protested. Don't worry, we'll untie you first, giggled Beth. Besides, that's what you always say, so we're not giving you a choice, added Claire. Beth, this has gone far enough now. I told you I don't even like wearing dresses. I was straightening my neck, trying to look at them from my position, hoping for some sympathy. Maybe, but you did agree to a little experimentation for us, didn't you? She said. Besides, aren't you curious to see if you can still pass? Asked Claire. I certainly don't want to find out I can't, I replied somewhat belligerently. Then you'd better do a good job and be on your very best behavior, admonished Claire. Let's have him fix his own makeup, see if he remembers, suggested Beth to Claire. Great idea. Go to the washroom and clean your face, directed Claire, cutting the zip ties. It had been a long time since I had removed makeup from my face. I tried dressing up a little on my own after college, but found it did nothing for me without the girls directing me. So my cross-dressing ended a long time ago. I had still kept quite a lot of my feminine things. Maybe from a feeling of sentimentality, or maybe it was just because I had secretly hoped for a woman to come along and force me back into them. Beth was the woman I intended to share my life with. A woman who had become very close to, and we had already developed a very special relationship. But it still felt awkward and uncomfortable letting her see this feminine side of me. I took Beth's cold cream from the medicine cabinet and began to wipe away all of the makeup that had already been put on me. As I did this, I kept searching for the right words to make Claire and Beth put a stop to all this. I was pretty sure they would never actually use the blackmail they had. It would not only ruin me, but also my relationship with Beth. I was, however, becoming quite worried about the relationship, as she did seem quite determined to feminize me again. Although that could just be Claire's influence. She, however, seemed to be enjoying herself immensely and admitted she'd done it before. 
I carefully checked my face in the mirror for any residual makeup. It felt strange seeing my masculine face again, now contrasting with the dress I was wearing. I stepped out of the bathroom to see that the coffee table had been turned into a makeshift vanity. Then they had taken the mirror off my dresser and put it in the middle of the table. Next to it was the makeup bag that Beth had used on me earlier. Now, let's see how much of your skills are still there, said Beth. Sit down and fix yourself up with full makeup for a dinner out. Beth, I began. Now, Missy, interrupted Claire sternly because Beth started to giggle. Don't make us get those crops out again. I don't know how much more of your cute little booty could take it. Finally, I sat down in front of the couch so I could get a good view of the mirror and started putting on my makeup. I fished the liquid foundation out of Beth's bag and after a quick shake, poured some on my fingers, then began rubbing it lightly into my face. See, said Claire, it's just like riding a bike. A really girly bike with ribbons and flowers on the handlebars, joked Beth. Oh, did you have one of those too? squealed Claire, to which Beth looked at her nodding. Then she turned back to me and peered intently in the mirror over my shoulder, gushing. Oh, you really are fantastic, she gently encouraged. When I was done with the liquid makeup, I put on a loose powder. If you're a guy, it's always a struggle between not looking like you put on the makeup with a towel and yet still looking like you have a smooth, feminine complexion. When I was satisfied, I had achieved just that. I reached for the eyeshadow. Hold on, what about concealer, asked Claire. Never used it, I shrugged. Well, you're not 20 anymore, said Claire. You do have some sun damage, honey, agreed Beth, looking closely. Under your right eye and under your left cheek. You have definite markings. You'll want to use a concealer to hide them. Even on light makeup days, I have to wear it, confirmed Claire. I did my best to follow the girl's directions with the concealer. And soon, I had a flawless complexion. Moving on to my eyes and knowing the difference between a daytime and an evening look, I soon wore eyeliner, mascara, and a smoky gray eyeshadow that was blending perfectly with purple to make my eyes really stand out. Glancing at the girls in the mirror, I saw they were both looking at me fascinated. So I carried on, brushing on a soft pink blush to give my cheekbones some definition. I began to line and then fill my lips with Hollywood lipstick. As I blotted my lips on the tissue, I noticed how strangely quiet the last few minutes had been. I'd been so wrapped up focusing completely on my makeup that I'd missed the awestruck look they had now on their faces. Beth broke the silence. Wow, she exclaimed. Just wow. You were amazing. Absolutely amazing. You did that far better than Beth and I could, agreed a very surprised Claire. And that was Shayla Spazia with book two of Welcome to College Reunion. Um, just does a great job reading that. I am so always so happy to have her reading my stories, especially stories that are this personal to me. The college stories have always sold really well. Uh, and I think there's just, it's because there's something truthful about them that people can, can pick up on, you know, even when the nonfiction might be more extreme than the fiction, 
there's still something that I think people can tell is different. Anyway, um, regardless of what podcast you're listening to, uh, we're going to be back again next week with another great story. Um, as again, I really, really recommend the premium podcast just because if you're buying audios, if you want to hear the full ones, you can get it there. But this free podcast has been going strong uh, for four years, and it's going to keep going strong. So we're going to be here, whichever one you choose. And I appreciate you for choosing us either way. And uh, have a wonderful week. And talk to you next week. Bye-bye.